This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. Welcome back to the Knowledge of Wharton podcast. I'm Rachel Kipp, Associate Editorial Director of the Knowledge of Wharton website. We're here today with Evite CEO Victor Cho and Wharton Marketing Professor Raghu Ayengar, who's also co-director of Wharton Customer Analytics. Later today, they're partnering on a datathon for Penn students, and they're here to talk to us more about that event and the power of partnerships between companies like Evite and academic research centers like Wharton Customer Analytics. Raghu, welcome back. Thank you for having me. And Victor, thanks for being here. Such a pleasure. Victor, you helped engineer a turnaround at Evite after a period of declining user growth and increased competition. Can you talk first a little bit about how you used analytics to identify what was going wrong at the company? Sure. So uh, Evite, to give you two seconds of quick history, Evite, between the period of around 2008 to 2014, which is when I joined, uh, lost its focus on customer at, mm-hmm. at the core. And this is not something that you want to do when things like Facebook become mainstream, which happened in that period, or when things like the mobile phone become ubiquitous, mm-hmm. which happened in that period. Because Evite at its core is a social service, highly mobile-centric. So analytics drove uh, our turnaround in really two big prongs. The first is, and uh, probably the most important, the core engine that fixed Evite and brought us back into um, robust growth, which is where we are now again, uh, was focusing on the customer. So this wasn't hardcore quant analytics, but it was absolutely customer focus and centricity. It was understanding what was the customer usage through the site, what is the net promoter, which is the metric that we use, where are the pain points in the experience. So all of that, you know, I would argue, is an analytic function applied to customer learning. The second answer to the question is uh, one, one thing that was critical for us is really building, well, I call it the longitudinal model, but dissecting the customer segments, mm-hmm. who's coming in, where are they coming in from, What's their churn rate over time? So we, we have a model that can project out over two to three years. Are the fixes that we're putting in place actually going to translate into downstream growth as opposed to short-term net promoter impact? So those are the two big levers that we use. Now, in terms of, I would imagine that you have a lot more data available to you than maybe than certainly when Evite got started and maybe even from a year or two ago. So how do you try and wade through that data and just kind of identify what's important, what's not important, what should be focused on and what shouldn't? And also, I guess try not to lose sight of the person behind the data or the people, in this case, behind the data. Yeah, it's, it's funny. We, we have a ton of data available. And in some ways, one of the things that I, I have to do perpetually is tell people, this sounds weird, but not to look at the data because they're going far, because we can, they're going, they're going way too granular into data sets when they're actually missing the bigger question. Uh, so actually, one great example of that is when I first, first year that I joined, uh, as I mentioned, we use Net Promoter, which is actually at a high level a fairly crude system mm-hmm. for fixing experience. I mean, it's, it's nothing more sophisticated than getting a, a raw stream of voice of customer input from your customers and saying what's working, what's not working. And you calibrate that against a 10-point scale. It's mm-hmm. not, you know, you don't need statisticians to do this work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the teams wanted to always go deep. It's like, well, let's go like deep in this conversion funnel. And, and I kept having to say, no, no, no. Like, I don't care about, this sounds weird. I don't care about the conversion on the site because we have, you know, 50 bugs and hundreds of customers coming in saying that the mobile phone doesn't work. So we're not going to look at any of that until we go fix these things at a high level. So uh, so it's thinking about what data is that, what, what data can yeah. you use to actually fix the pain points of the customer yeah. before you go into something really Exactly. Complex. So we, we literally didn't start looking at deep conversion funnels until year three. 
until our net promoter got up into the 80 range, which is now world class. And I felt comfortable that, yes, the core foundational experience is good. Now let's go optimize and tweak. And then, of course, we built all the deep, con- you know, the conversion funnel analysis that you'd expect. Because right. if I'm the end user and my app doesn't work, I don't care about the funnel. Yeah. You don't care if the button's green or blue. Exactly. And people say, well, let's go change. Let's go test A, B. Let's go put in this crazy A, B testing functionality. And it's like, no, we don't need to do that either. <laughs> we just need to get the apps working. Now, Raghu, Wharton Customer Analytics partners with companies like Evite regularly on Mm -hmm. looking at data sets and looking at how they can use analytics to achieve business goals. Can you talk to me a little bit about, I guess, some of the things that Victor just said in terms of not going too far into the data and how to use the data most effectively is that what how does that compare to some of the some of the different types of problems that companies come to you guys with or different questions they come to you with absolutely i think uh, you know what victor said is pretty much on the money what i've seen many times many companies doing is that they get so deep into the data they forget the problem itself and so that's something that you know while on the one hand there is a lot of richness in looking at data i think it's very easy to in some sense get lost in the weeds so you have to step back a little bit think about what the business problem is understand what the big kind of low-hanging fruits are, and then start digging deeper. So start with the business problem, work backwards, and then understand what analytics is required at what point in time, and structure the analytics in that way. So I very much agree with what Victor did in terms of trying to understand what the end-user experience is, what are the big pain points. Let's first figure that out, because before figuring that out, that data actually might not be very good quality. So let's clean that out first and then start looking deeper into optimizing any experience that might be there. So it's absolutely very much the experience that I've seen over the years that many companies kind of get so deep into the data that they start forgetting what the big picture managerial problem is. So I'm glad to hear that at EY, for example, they started with that problem first, cleaned up the data after that, and then started optimizing. Yeah, and I'm a, I'm a huge data junkie, so I also want to make it clear that there is massive power in the more sophisticated data work. So it's, I think of it almost like a wedding cake. The very bottom of the cake, there's what well, we use as Unite Promoter, right? Your core engine is the customer experience Absolutely. good. The next layer of the waiting cake is your tactical optimizations, things like conversions, A-B mm-hmm. testing, et cetera. We're actually past those two layers. And now we're in the third layer, which is mm-hmm. how do you actually untap really innovative Absolutely. business opportunity from data? We just recently hired a VP of data science and business intelligence. We weren't ready for that role mm-hmm. two or three years ago. Absolutely. Now we are. We're building out a data, a data science team and a higher order team because we do think at this stage, mm-hmm. mining our data will take us to the next step of innovation. And Absolutely. that was actually my next question was, so tell me a little bit more about the top of that wedding cake. Yeah. So with this new role and with sort of trying to integrate that into the rest of your, into the rest of your operations, like what do you think is next in terms of data? data challenges for Evite. Yeah, the, the great thing for us is we actually don't even know what's, we have con- concepts of what is possible, but there's not a singular focus where I'm going to tell, uh, his name is Jay, where I'm going to tell Jay, yeah, go do X, right? To a large degree, we're going to be in, a, in, in an exploratory mode of, hey, we have this incredibly rich data set. There's lots of different vectors. Mm-hmm. Let's go figure out which ones might bear fruit. So I'm uh, super excited about this datathon we're about to do. Where I'm actually, you know, selfishly hoping that we get some interesting tidbits. Of, wow, we, we never thought of, we never Absolutely. even thought of that. Maybe that becomes a vector of exploration for untapping business opportunity. Right, and that was actually where I was going to ask you next. So now I know you're a Wharton grad, but tell me a little bit about what led you to do the partnership with Wharton Customer Analytics. Uh, let's see that. Well, the history is I got invited to speak at uh, one of the conferences here. I think it was just a year a year ago, maybe, and yeah. got introduced to the organization and just. I love uh, I love what it's doing at a high level. Uh, I was a weird undergrad in that I actually constructed a non-existent concentration in the Wharton School around statistics because I felt like that was really the more powerful learning versus getting you know deep into finance. Mm-hmm. To be finance was just an application of statistics. So 
I, I, I told Ragu I was jealous. Like, if I were coming through Wharton now, I'd be like, yes, I would want to go through this curriculum and program because I think it's so powerful. So, no, I was, I was enamored by the work that they were doing and um, love giving back. So, yeah, if there was an opportunity for us, Evite, to partner with Wharton in a way that creates value for both sides, which I do think can happen, mm -hmm. uh, help, help students, help us, it's just a win-win. Now, Ragu, talk a little bit about what's the value for Wharton Customer Analytics and for the students to have corporate partners and also sort of these data sets coming in from companies that are operating out in the real world. Absolutely. I mean, I think first I want to start out by saying EY is a wonderful corporate partner in the following sense that I think we need organizations like Victor was, you know, mentioning that who really want to A, give back to the school in the sense of enriching the next generation of people who would become the data analysts, become people who would transform the analytics world. And the way of doing that is learning by doing. And so that's what we firmly believe in in the Wharton Customer Analytics is that the only way of learning analytics is by doing it. And how do you do it is by partnering with companies who are facing real challenges. So students get exposed to real data sets with real managerial problems. They work on them. They understand what the different pain points are. They understand what the different levers are and then come back with actionable solutions. So working with companies like EWhite, that's the only way to move forward in terms of exposing our students to real world problems. Talk to me a little bit about the students who participate in the Datathon. What did they get put in front of them? I think both of you can talk about that a little bit. I'll let Victor kind of start off with the data itself, and then I can chime in after that. Yeah, so uh, an we have an interesting site in that we have, all, we have a long tail of different party types that are flowing through our system. So it's kind of a trick to figure out, you know, you don't want to dump, you know, massive petabytes of data onto these guys. And so, yeah, what subset of data were we going to give them? And we ended up with effectively a three-pronged data set. So we have some parties in our system that are uh, what we call seasonal. So they kind of happen in bursts. So uh, for that, we gave just one party type, which is barbecues, which tend to happen in the summer. So the, the students will get a, a data set around barbecue parties. Uh, we have some uh, parties that are throughout the year mm -hmm. enduring. Uh, and we gave them a data set of a party that I didn't even know existed. But there is this thing called pet parties. <laughs> if you guys have pets, people throw parties for their pets. It's, oh, okay. it's actually a fairly large <laughs> category, so they'll get to yeah. play around with that. Yep. Uh, and then we have these spiky uh, kind of one-time events. So for that, we're, we're giving them a Father's Day data set. So they will have access to that data, and they will also have access to, in some ways, what's more interesting, the downstream behaviors of people that were invited to those parties mm -hmm. so that we could hopefully they can help us understand what are the dynamics driving kind of exposure to a party mm -hmm. versus downstream behavior. And now with downstream behavior, is that just RSVPs or is that how they interact with the invitation? Or uh, it's their, all of their subsequent behavior. So, you know, to someone that goes to a pet party who wasn't a customer and now become a customer, kind of what does that curve look like? Because just to be clear, I mean, when someone gets an evite, you're not just, it's not just about, I have more options these days than just saying, yes, I'm coming and no, I'm not. And that's one of the things that you had built out, I think. Um, yeah. The, in the simplest, we have a pretty simple kind of viral, uh, what we call the guest or host a guest engine. Mm -hmm. So you're a host, you throw the party, you become a guest. And then we hope that by being exposed to our wonderful service, that at some point when you, then you go through a party, you'll, mm -hmm. you'll think of, oh yeah, Eva, that was a great experience. Mm -hmm. I want that experience for my guests. And so that you convert from a guest to a host. So they, yeah, they'll have a data set that tracks all of those behaviors to understand some of the longitudinal dynamics. Are you? So no, I think if you think about this context, I think it's a very rich context in the following sense. So from a student's perspective, they get to see the understanding of what the different customers are like. You know, for example, in the Evite case, for example, you might start out by looking at some customers who are guests to a party, kind of going along with what uh, Victor was saying. At some point, they might say, well, I just went to a pet party. I also have a pet. I would like to host a party. So what do students see from this? How do customers transition in different types of dynamics. 
So from a student's perspective, A, it's kind of seeing a data set which is very dynamic, very rich, and very similar to perhaps other kinds of data sets they might see in their own careers. Secondly, and perhaps more importantly, what do they get out of this? It's not just the analytics per se. It's a how to present back to the company. So this afternoon, what we'll be doing also is that these teams will be would have analyzed the data. They'd come in and present back to Victor and Jay. And what they have to be clear about is be very articulate about what the problem was, how did they go about doing it, and translate what they have found into actionable insights. I think that's a very important piece that many analysts somehow don't seem to gather because they're very good sometimes at analyzing the data. But a very critical step is, and in terms of actionability, is how do you convey the results back in a way that a company can actually work on them? So not just saying this is what I see, but this is what I see and this is what you can actually do with that. Absolutely. And now in the past, I know you've done other datathons. What are some of the things that students have come up with? So there are many, many examples. So one of the datathons we had done was for the Hertz company. And so, the rental car. The rental car company. So they had given us a data set which was quite rich, extensive, very much like the EY data set, where they had information on the net promoter score, for example, of people who were serving customers. So this is from the salesperson's perspective. How did the salesperson do uh, in different parts, like, for example, on air, uh, so on airport, off airport, so on and so forth. And they wanted to kind of get a sense of the dynamics. How are people, for example, changing over time? Uh, are some service quality better than others? So on and so forth. So I think, again, very much to the point of kind of understanding the data set because students, when they first see a data of this kind, even the kind that EY has given, they tend to be overwhelmed a little bit. So they have to understand how to kind of sit back a little bit, understand what the data structure is, understand what the key problem is, and then dive into the data to do the appropriate kind of analysis as opposed to kind of trying to find the needle in the haystack. And now, Victor, do you have any expectations as far as having fresh eyes on this data? I'm expecting for a revolutionary innovate. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no I have zero. Though. I have zero expectations. I'm just. I'm. Uh, I just love seeing one fresh eyes on data. So, I think I would be incredibly happy even if we get a hint of a direction of exploration that we hadn't thought of. That would be a yeah. crazy success from my perspective. Now, I'm curious from your perspective, like from a company like Evite, like I would imagine just the trends you would see just in the way people throw gatherings have changed a lot in recent years or even just like you, you brought the pet party up yeah. but like just you must see some interesting things in terms of like just the different types of things people are now having parties no, it, for that, that's right like uh, just recently there's this whole new trend I, I always I, I love going to work because I learn all this crazy stuff about what's going on in society there's something called Galentine's Day oh like Parks and Recreation which I, is yeah I, I hadn't known what it is oh. it's Valentine's Day but with uh, it's mainly for women that are throwing parties with their gal friends on Valentine's Day. That's it's yeah been growing exponentially. Uh, we just had a an article on that. So yeah, yeah we we see some wacky stuff. So I wanted to add to what Victor was saying in terms of kind of gathering insights. I think that one of the power of Wharton Customer Analytics is that we expose a lot of students to, for example, in the case of eWhite, a data set of that kind. And when I mean a lot of students, it's students coming from different backgrounds. So these are the Wharton students. They're also people from engineering. They're people from economics. So I think in that sense, to Victor's point, I think what will be great and what is always great when, when we look at the data thon of this kind is that you, you know the business school students from Wharton have one perspective. The engineering school students have another perspective. So this is a many variety of different perspectives converging together to then find an actionable solution. And I would think, Victor, like that's also what the students are going to encounter when they get to a company after they graduate, is that they're going to have to work with a bunch of people from a bunch of different departments with a bunch of different perspectives. Yeah, no, absolutely. And what Raghu said, I think, is so important is that, you know, we find there's some very smart people that will come in and they're, they're just missing that fundamental 
for lack of a better term, business acumen of like, why are we even solving, are we solving the right problem at the right level? Mm -hmm. And should we be thinking about this problem differently? Because a lot of times you have, yeah, if you have a toolkit, you're just excited to go in and show that yep. you can do stuff. Absolutely. And we're like, well, that's cute, but like, what are we going to do with it? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's just going to sit there on the shelf as an interesting analysis as opposed to, oh, wow, here's a, a new product experience that mm -hmm. we can actually bring to market because of this insight. Mm -hmm. So tell me a little bit, I guess, after the data found, like, what do you hope is next for the partnership from both of you? Uh, so uh, we're a multi-year sponsor uh, with, with the program. So we, we, we actually just had a breakfast this morning where we're talking about all the different potential ways we might be able to come together in different future mm -hmm. venues. So uh, I don't know the specifics of it, but uh, I just know it'll be uh, an ongoing robust relationship. So I'm very excited. I think, as I said, I mean, I think EY is, is, a, is a perfect sponsor in the following sense. You know, Victor leading the way there, kind of wanting to give back to Wharton, wanting to have this collaboration being successful. There are multiple ways in some sense we collaborate with companies like EY. So we have the Analytics Accelerator Program. This is typically every fall where, uh, let's say, EY, for example, wants to participate in that. Uh, this would be a situation where EY works with a group uh, this is about four to five students over a month-long period where they deep dive into the data, come back with actionable solutions. So that's one example. Datathon, of course, is another example. We also have an executive education program uh, where we are targeting, for example, mid-level executives who want to be data translators. These are people, for example, who are not analysts, but who want to take the results that analysts are doing. These are people who lead the teams, but want to make them actionable, make them kind of understandable to the C-suite. We've been talking to EY to kind of see if they'd like to partner with that uh, in those programs as well. A host of different things. And so, for example, as another example, as you can see, I'm very excited about this partnership. <laughs> as another example, we have the Wharton Analytics Fellows. Uh, so these are groups of undergrad and MBA students who have the Analytics Club. They work with companies as well to kind of solve clear business problems. Lots of, lots of different exciting opportunities going forward. Victor and Raghu, thanks so much for being with us today. No, it's my pleasure. Pleasure as well. Thank you. You can find all of Knowledge at Wharton's podcasts, articles, and more on our website, which is knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. You can find all of our podcasts on Apple's podcast app and your other favorite podcasting platform. And if you like what you hear, please leave us a like, comment, or review. It really does help like-minded folks to find the show. Thanks for listening. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. Thank you.